Welcome to Cracks in the Foundation with Tallulah Rose. Today I wanted to talk about what I've been creating lately and what thoughts have started to come up in those creations. So I've noticed that safety, security, peace, these are all words that are very triggering for me. They almost feel unattainable. I created a habit of believing that bringing chaos into my life meant that I was growing that that was what I thrived in. And I never really spent long enough in a place to find that sense of safety. I didn't really bother to try, to be honest. I remember one of my apartments, two of my apartments actually, I never even bothered to buy a couch because I thought, well, I'm leaving soon anyway, what's the point in creating this a home? And I was very jealous of people who took the time to decorate and make a space their own It was very easy for me to kind of shun that part of me and just accept that I'm used to chaos. Chaos means that I'm growing and I'm having more experiences. And if I start putting effort into creating my home, then that means I'm settling into myself and I'm not going to keep changing. And I've noticed that in this period of life, I've been focusing on that creation of safety and kind of figuring out what it means to be safe in my own terms. I kept pushing it away. So maybe safety isn't the right word even. Maybe it's more of like this sense of belonging. I remember I just spent so many years feeling like I don't belong here in any place I moved. And this feeling of I'm not where I'm supposed to be I'm not accepted or loved by myself and in the spaces around me. So I made this one piece and I created a poem that started with, I wanted to feel safe in the spaces we're meant to. And now I write lists constantly of what brings me peace. I write lists and I have sticky notes everywhere of little activities that I know that will bring me that sense of security and that sense of peace that I associate with having a home and having a space of my own. And I take videos of moments that bring out this feeling. I paint pictures of places I want to sink into. And I've realized a lot of the time I've just been living with one foot out the door. I'm always ready to run away. I'm always ready to drop everything, blow up my life and move on. Because I believe that that was what made me adventurous. It's what made me a growing person, a person of substance. Because I associated with settling into a home as something that meant that I could never continue learning. And since learning is so important to me, I don't know, I just shunned it away. And yeah, now I'm creating spaces and creating art that kind of reflects that feeling that I'm searching for. And I guess searching is the wrong word. I guess what I mean is I want to cultivate it for myself without any external validation of that. I don't need the apartment and the house to know that that feeling is always with me and I can 
evoke that feeling in everything I do. And I think it's moving out of this kind of living in my headspace or living in my body, really. I was kind of just living, best word I can say is alien. <laughs> I was kind of shunning the human experience because I was like, oh, I don't belong here. What's the point of trying to be human? I guess I thought that made me cool. But there's something to be said about wanting a space of your own and wanting to feel like you have something to come back to, that you belong, whether that's in a group or in your own body, in accepting yourself as you are. So a lot of these pieces, I think, kind of have that nostalgic feel. I guess you could say melancholy is also the feel of it, but I'm using a lot of like warm colors and just feeling of just like a big cozy blanket, I guess you could call it. One of the other pieces I've started creating, um, I call it Stained Sunlight. And I, I started that from a short story I wrote a few years ago about this man who becomes stained in ink with the words he speaks. And that actually stemmed from a poem I wrote about an insecurity I held while lying in the sun with a lover. I had this fear that my body reflected the sins I carried. So the sun was kind of illuminating all those sins and all those misdeeds and all the kind of bad characteristics of self on my skin. So there was part of me that kind of believed in that Dorian Gray theory that like your sins affect your appearance. So the sun to me seems like this judge that looms over us. And when you step in the sun, you really get to see the truth of who you actually are. And then that fear turned into a daydream. There was a time in my life where I feared all of those things. And I was always so self-conscious of like who I was perceived as. And the stained sunlight concept was kind of my metaphor of life as there's an ultimate judgment of how I'm going to be perceived. But when that turned into a daydream, maybe our wrinkles, our indents, our scars, they're just stories of the lives we've experienced. And the sun is meant to be our guide to understanding that wisdom. Maybe we become stained with the truth only the sun has the power of exposing. That the parts we are so convinced need to be in darkness are the very parts that crave the most light. And I guess that's a very cliche thing that we assume to stay away from the darkness or a lot of people say like, oh, the saddest people need the most light or the most troubled people need the most like love. And while that is a cliche, I really believe that. I think there's something to be said about the shadows of human nature that we are so quick to shun and we're so quick to put a label on everyone to kind of identify those shadows. And I think that creates this feeling of needing to put that label on everything. We have to live in a black and white society where everything has to be identified as something that is good or something that is bad. Every action you take has to be labeled as and identified. We are so sure of what we deem as wrong or bad, but those very things, they change over time. 
And the things that we thought were bad are actually not so bad after all. And I think that also stems into this idea of suffering is an essential part of growth and human existence. And that's kind of where I stood when I kept bringing chaos into my life. And it was almost as if I was so bored with being content and having things come to me rather than me suffering through it. I really related to the underdog stories and I wanted to be this kind of hero of my own story, which I mean, I think we all are our own heroes in our stories, but there was a part of me deep down that everything that I chose to suffer through in the back of my head, I was like, oh, this will be a good story one day. And I kept telling myself that. And I think I almost attracted more situations that were uncomfortable or not something that I actually needed to go through because I wanted to create that story, that inspirational story that makes people say, if she can get through that, I can get through anything. And I think from an ego standpoint, a lot of us feel that way and a lot of us want that. And I think that's why the continuation of suffering is almost so intoxicating. It's almost like, why would I choose being content when I can have such an amazing story? But stories don't have to be rooted in suffering and your success does not have to be rooted in suffering and you don't have to grow as a person through suffering. Suffering does not equate to success. It just equates to more suffering. We've created this collective ideology that everything good is something that we all have to suffer through. The perfect body, you have to suffer for that. <laughs> the perfect job, you have to suffer. The perfect house, suffer. Kids are suffering. I guess that was a mean joke. <laughs> but all of these things that we want out of life, we assume that there is a huge struggle. There's a mountain we need to climb in order to receive those things, to prove ourselves. And I think that's part of the reason why we are so quick to label things because we've created this culture that everyone else is other to my experience. So if I can identify how they are different from me, then I can continue up that mountain and prove myself over them. Because in this culture, we've assumed that there is not enough to go around, that someone has to be at the bottom of that mountain in order for us to reach the top. And I don't know if I agree. Even with religions and spirituality, there is this sense, the very fabric of all of these religions is that we are all equal, most of the religions. And there's a sense of we all stem from the same source. So when we think about that, you have to in order to achieve enlightenment, I guess is the only word I can think of, you have to first believe that we are all equal, which is a complete 
rebellion against everything this culture and society has created based on the fact that it believes we are all different and we should be chosen and given certain opportunities based on who we are rather than knowing we are all equal and all capable of doing everything. Um, which is a loaded concept and it's hard to unlearn everything about that um, because it's so deeply rooted in that culture. I mean, take money, for example. It's so, it's such a simple thing. It's, it's just this energy that is created to support us and support our lives. But we've turned it on its head and now we suffer in order to receive something that was created in order to support us. So now we work for money rather than money working for us. So it's no longer doing the objective that it was designed to do, and yet we refuse to identify new solutions for that very energy that we wanted to create in the first place. I mean, money didn't just happen. It was a long trial and error of divine currencies until we reached money. And I don't think it's really working out. <laughs> I, I don't understand why it hasn't changed. I mean, I guess you can argue Bitcoin and everything is kind of changing it, um, but not that much. I, we've had this trial period of money for a, a long time and originally it was backed by gold and now it's very clearly not working and the system's not working, but we've kind of dug ourselves in our own hole that we refuse to get out of. So we are attached to this idea of suffering so that we have to suffer for money instead of just being like, hey, it's not working, let's create a new system. And I know that's very idealistic, but it's, it's much simpler than that. Like, what money is designed to do is not achieving the goal we set out. So clearly it's a failed, ex a failed experiment that we should be reevaluating and creating a new experiment. And that's kind of where I'm at with life in general, that it's just one big experiment and there is nothing to say that you shouldn't be experimenting with your life and trying as many things as possible and changing your identity, your hair, your body, your clothing, your home, anything you can think of externally and internally you should be experimenting with. And the trick is to experiment without being attached to suffering. And that's what I experienced with my living situations and moving because I wanted to experiment and see where I could live and try out different identities and all of these things, which are great in theory, but my mind was so attached to suffering that I kept putting myself in places that were not authentically true to myself and they were also not ideal situations for myself because my brain subconsciously thought, okay, you want to experiment with yourself? Well, if you keep changing yourself and keep trying on new identities and new living situations, you're going to have to suffer and start all over again with that chaos 
to achieve whatever ideal version of self in that situation is. Which, in short, I would think that I started at the bottom every time I would experiment with my identity. Which is not true. That that doesn't happen. There is no bottom. It's just all one learning experiment on this earth. I mean, that's what I choose to believe. That's why we came here is just to learn or heal or understand things in a new way. Just one big petri dish of human existence. And I was so stuck in this suffering loop and stuck in my mind rather than living in my body or my emotions that I didn't, I couldn't see what I was actually holding on to or what I was searching for in these experiments. Because over the years, I've also kind of learned that for me, my life is almost, I think my life is hell. (laughs) And I don't mean that in like a doomsday kind of way. I just think earth is hell. That's what I kind of live life as, which when I say hell, I don't mean like fiery pit of doom, like this is horrible. For Hell for me is literally just experimentation and it's like this little labyrinth that you have these looping patterns in your life that you experience and you get through the maze, kind of like Westworld, you get through the maze and then you kind of unlock a new level and then you have another experience. Um, So it's just kind of like unlocking looping patterns because for me, I've noticed that I get similar experiences if I don't consciously work on them and work to release those um, things that I'm attached to. So this is hell for me. If you believe that too, welcome. Um, We can chat sometime, but But a lot of these looping patterns and looping behaviors that we experience, um, and if you ever feel like nothing ever works out for you, or if you keep trying to do these things, or keep trying to get your life in order, and you just feel like, oh, I'm too lazy, I'm too, if you're too something or not enough something, then you probably have a suffering mentality of, I need to suffer in order to achieve. I need to belittle myself and I have to be the underdog in order to have a story worth telling. Um, No shame, like I do the same thing. (laughs) But my point is we don't actually need that in order to survive here, in order to thrive and have a collective that works to support our experiences rather than being of detriment to our experience. And yeah, I hope to kind of use what I'm creating right now as a stepping stone in understanding why I'm so attached to suffering and my suffering is rooted in my need for chaos. I haven't uncovered why I feel that way or where that came from. Um, But I think when we continue to kind of push ourselves and stretch our bodies and and stretch the way we show up in the world, um, whether that be through what we speak on, what we read, what we create, 
um, what we do. I think to stretch ourselves is kind of to push ourselves to the edge and figure out why we are attached to certain things and certain behaviors that we're attached to. And I'm very much a believer in that we can all change and we're all capable of changing. So anything that you believe about yourself or believe about the world is not is not something that is set in stone. If you feel like you're in this looping pattern of needing to suffer or this scarcity mindset, this fear of your world constantly going to implode, maybe start asking yourself what aspects of yourself do you feel like are the darkest parts or feel like you need to hide away from the world. Maybe start identifying a pattern that seems to keep happening in your life that you just don't understand why these situations keep cropping up. Is it a certain type of person that you keep meeting or experiencing? Is it like me and having not the best living situations? Is it a certain job that keeps coming up or a toxic work environment or something that keeps seeming to happen that you feel like you have no control over. Um, Even something small, like, why do I always drink coffee and I feel like I can't stop? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And if you feel called to maybe write a list of things that feel safe for you, like, what is your definition of safety or peace? And then also something that's helped me a lot is painting the places I want to be in or painting what feels like safety to me, what feels like peace, what brings out that moment or even finding a book that feels that way to you. I have a lot of like, um, I guess you could call them safety blanket books, <laughs> like Jack Kurak on the road. I take everywhere I move or everywhere I go when I travel because it's just like, I don't know, something about that story just brings me peace and safety, which is kind of ironic since like on the road is all about constantly moving back and forth across the country. So maybe that's where that all started from. <laughs> but yeah, start writing a list. Um, I'd love to hear it if you have any insight of what safety means to you. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.